Welcome to Behind the Schemes, a conversation about protecting our planet's precious wildlife from commerce, corruption, and counterfeit cures. This is Risha Kota Larsen with Behind the Schemes, and in this episode, we're talking about dead lions walking with Dr. Peter Cat and Chris McSween from Lion Aid. For people who might not know, can you describe a lion encounter business? Risha, um, uh, lion encounter comes in two different kinds of um, forms. The first one is where various organizations um, embark on something which is called cub petting, um, where people who you know come to the zoo are allowed to sort of pet the little lions, interact with them, have their photos taken with them, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, but then the the cub petting, which is for the very small animals, graduates into a program where you can actually go out on uh, supervised walks with lions. In other words, um, the lions are now bigger and um, you go out with these lions for about half an hour while they walk around in a field. Um, and again, there's there's an opportunity for uh, um, having your pictures taken, etc. Hmm. And so people see these, uh, you know, they see the baby lions and, and they see the adult lions. And so how do these businesses get uh, get people to sign up? Well, all these, um, these various places um, have uh, websites and uh, they advertise on the internet that, you know, you, they have these um, cub petting things and mm-hmm. they have walking with lions. Mm-hmm. Um, and in terms of uh, volunteers who um, largely come from from overseas, but also from within, let's say, South Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, the vol- volunteers get signed up um, either directly by the company mm-hmm. or through various agents. Now, you must realize that the um, the volunteer organization, in terms of um, a world market, is a is a very very big one. Mm-hmm. A lot of Students come out of high school, and uh, before they go to college, they take a year off, and they want to do something that uh, they feel is good for the world and good for you know their their particular career or their their feelings or whatever. So what they do is they sign up for these various volunteer programs. Now, the volunteer aspect um, is a little bit of a misnomer because um, while you're laboring as a volunteer, you, you do pay, um, and a lot of these these um, volunteers pay up to something like three thousand dollars for a couple of weeks at uh, a pit, uh, at a particular location. So you can see that you know if you have twenty volunteers, um, this adds up to a huge amount of income for the organizations that accept these volunteers, and um, also add up to, in terms of their their budget, um, a very nice profit. And so, okay, so the volunteers then are paying a, a fee to volunteer and be with these lions, and then the cub petting, they 
Uh, also pay a fee to pet the lion cubs as well, the tourists? Well, the tourists uh, are the ones that are petting the cubs okay. um, and running around with them and okay. uh, their pictures taken with them. Uh -huh. But the volunteers are taken in to, to um, do various functions within the organization. Let's say um, cleaning up the cages, um, interacting also with the cubs feeding the cubs, feeding the, the sub-adult lions. I mean, there are a whole range of activities that they can embark on. But also, to answer your other bit of the question, um, Risha, the cub petting, the tourists pay by the, the, I don't know, 20 minutes, half an hour to, cut the, to, to pet the cubs, yes. Huh. And so are the cubs... What about the the female lions? Are they they're completely okay with that, or are the cubs taken away from their mothers? Or it... no, no, no. The females the females are not involved. I mean, you know, the cubs are are taken away after a very short time okay. from the mothers, and then placed in do these um, sort of uh, individual enclosures where. You can go with them, and when they get a little bit bigger, that you can go and walk with them. But okay. you know. The mother there to produce the cubs at a high rate. So mm -hmm. in other words, if you if you have a, a reproducing female and you take her cubs away, um, what generally happens is that within a few months, let's say four, five, six months, she's able to produce a whole new litter of cubs, and um, then those cubs are get you know get taken away. So it's you know in in um, in the U.S. and also here in the U.K. they have the Puppy mills. Yeah, right? yeah. Where where these these um, these dogs are being bred and bred and bred and it's exactly the same kind of thing that hmm. is that is happening in um, in these um, sort of lion farms. Huh. And okay. So uh, all right. So lion farms. Then are they uh, advertised as um, being linked to conservation, or how do they get people to to get involved with uh, whatever it is they're that that they're doing, how how does it fit in with uh, lion conservation? Well, they they all advertise that what they're doing is that um, they're involved in lion conservation. But the actual truth of it is that there is only one organization in Africa, um, and it's an organization called Alert that is actually doing anything in terms of taking responsibility for the the cubs that are being walked with and, and, and that are being raised. What you must realize is that um, the uh, um, there is no conservation contribution for any lion walking, lion petting program program whatsoever, except for this one program that's in, in Zimbabwe and also in Zambia, alert. Now, everybody else um, takes these cubs that are being petted and then being walked with and etc., and then sells them off to various cant hunters and off they go. There is no future for the animals because nobody has, has taken the, the the, um, the effort to say, look, we have raised these cubs, 
cubs. We have walked with these cubs. We have petted these cubs. So now we have a responsibility to do something for those animals. No, it is not there. Almost every single organization says, right, now we got these, these lions up to a certain stage, let's say a year mm-hmm. old, year and a half old, off they go into a canned um, hunting program, and that's the end of them. Huh, yeah, it seems like this, uh, these businesses would be creating a lot of tame adult lions. Huh, so... The lions then, they're tame. Uh, obviously, they can't be released into the wild. So these lions, you're saying, just end up getting sold to um, for canned hunting? Well, there's, I mean, even, you know, even though these, these organizations are petting the cubs that mm-hmm. are walking the lions, et cetera, et cetera, mm-hmm. are saying that, that, you know, this is all um, for the benefit of lion conservation. Yeah, um, they have not returned a single lion into the wild. You cannot take a captive raised animal and put it back into the wild, especially, you know, things like predator. Um, what you have to do is you have to go through a whole staged process and it is the, eventually it's, it's, it's going to be the, um, the grandchildren of the original lion that, that, um, gave birth to those cubs that are being returned into the wild because it is only those um, lion cubs that have had no contact with humans. Hmm. And going back to what you're saying, the you know the the ones that are very very unlucky and do get sold to the to the canned uh, hunting, um, the trophy hunting, that sort of thing. Um, how does breeding captive lions that are going to be hunted for sport, how does, how does that contribute to lion conservation or, or does that even contribute to lion conservation, killing captive lions for a fee? Well, it's, it, it doesn't contribute at all. Mm-hmm. And we, we have um, heard from a lot of people that say, well, why are you able to you know this um, this whole canned captive bred hunting trophy hunting organization, mm-hmm. um, whatever. And what we say is that um, breeding lions just to be killed by a trophy hunter, first of all, is more morally and ethically wrong. Mm-hmm. But don't disguise this as any kind of conservation for the wild lions, because there are. Uh, um, there are sort of two kinds of hunters. There's the bargain basement hunter who will shop at Walmart and who will go to the um, canned trophy hunting organizations and shoot a lion for something like twenty thousand U.S. dollars. Mm-hmm. But then, but then there's the hunter that says, "No, that's not that, that's not right, and I'm not going to involve myself in this." And uh, They'll spend up to a hundred thousand dollars to what they think is property hunting a lion, and um, they will do this in the wild with with wild lions. So there is no substitute for for um, um, wild lion trophy hunting by having 
canned lines available to the, the, the various people because they, they come from sort of two different sources, mm -hmm. if you know what I mean. Yeah. Huh. Once you have hunted uh, a ranched lion, a captive bred lion, then if anything, you have whetted the appetite of that hunter to go on hunt lion in the wild. Hmm. Ugh. And there are there even enough wild lions left for hunting to be sustainable, or is enough known about that, or how does that all fit in? Well, um, what we what we see from from um, our various um, analyses from the exports of lion trophies from from, from Africa from um, the various nations that still allow trophy hunting is that we have seen huge declines. During the um, 1990s, um, there was a huge number of, of lions, wild lions that were being hunted, for example, in, in um, Tanzania and also in Zimbabwe and various other places. Now, those populations have crashed and the the exports of trophies nowadays from places like Tanzania and Zimbabwe are, are very, very low. This is not because Tanzania and Zimbabwe are particularly interested in conservation of lions. It's just that there are no male lions left. Mm, mm -hmm. So that's why the, the, the numbers have crashed. Mm -hmm. There are a few countries, um, for example, like um, Namibia and Mozambique, have shown slight increases in the numbers of trophies over the past few years. You know, those guys are exporting something between 20 and 30 lines per year, line trophies per year. Mm -hmm. So the the big countries like like Tanzania and Zimbabwe that used to export over 300 line trophies per year, they have all crashed because the lines are gone. There are no male trophy lines left there. And more and more what they're doing is they're shooting two and three and four year old lions as uh, as some um, you know their trophies. Mm -hmm. Now um, this is completely destructive of the lion population because as you can imagine, if you don't have any adult males, you're not going to have re any reproduction in the population. Mm -hmm. So therefore, um, what you get is a is a um, zero reproduction um, situation and um, a further declining lion population um, in not only the hunting area but also the national parks where the trophy hunters have been expecting um, lions because they you know they need their clients any kind of lion whatsoever they don't have them in their hunting concessions but because the hunting concessions border on the national parks what they're doing they're going into the national parks or baiting the lions out of them Parks into their hunting concessions and shooting them. So it's it's all it's all the wild lion hunting situation is all in a state of desperation right now hmm. because the countries that had wild lions to be shot as trophies have none left because they all overshot them. Ugh. And uh, we've talked before speaking speaking of dead lions. Um, we've talked before about lion bones being exported to various countries in Southeast Asia for the tiger bone market. In your opinion, is, is this still going on? 
is absolutely going on because Richard, I looked um, today on the um, the the, uh, the CITES database. Mm -hmm. The last time I accessed the CITES database um, for figures for 2010 mm -hmm. um, was on the 13th of June. Mm -hmm. I accessed today, and what are we? Uh, 21st first of August. Mm -hmm. All right. Now, on in 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 June, what they in, uh, for for June, what they said is that um, nineteen lion skeletons had been sent to Vietnam. Accessing those rac records again, those number up to seventy-two being sent to Vietnam. All we have is a two thousand and ten records. Mm -hmm. But what I'm telling you right now is that those 2010 records for skeletons, bones, being sent to Vietnam are increasing day by day according to, you know, the CITES records. Mm -hmm. Yes, it is still going on. People are still being arrested. Um, for example, um, I was reading an article in, in one of these South African newspapers that said that two people from um, Botswana had been arrested in South Africa with, with lion, two lion cubs, um, lion skins, and lion bones. Now, what they did is they took those lions and skins and, and, and bones from Botswana and brought them into South Africa, hoping that they would be able to sell them, but they got arrested. So it is, there is, you know, the legal market, um, which is being reported by CITES, Mm -hmm. And there's a huge illegal market. Speaking of the bones, you just, you know, talked about an exorbitant number of bones being exported from South Africa. How many of those bones and skeletons, how many of those do you think started out as, just in your opinion, how many of those do you think started out as um, cub petting experiences and, and walking with walking with lions? How many of those do you think? do you think came from ta these tame lions, these tame lion businesses? Well, I think, I think a lot of them. And um, because Risha, actually the, the, um, the lion breeders in South Africa um, benefit four ways from one single lion. Um, they benefit from putting that lion as a cub into mm -hmm. a petting zoo. Then they benefit from having volunteers, high-paying volunteers, come in to supposedly take care of these lions that the volunteers think are going to go back into the wild because that's what they're being told. Mm -hmm. Then they benefit from having that lion um, shot by a, a trophy hunter in terms of their canned hunting programs. And because the trophy hunter only wants you know, the skin and maybe this goal. The fourth way of profiting from that single lion is by selling the bones, and all of them are involved in this, I promise you. There is a mm -hmm. huge market, an unending market in terms of lion bones that is being sold legally and that is being poached in various countries in, in Africa and all being sent to uh, locations in particularly Los and Vietnam. Mm -hmm. And this is all, and just to reiterate, the, the cub petting, the walking with lions, the shooting of the tame lions, um, 
under the guise of trophy hunting and the exporting of the bones is all legal, correct? That's, that's it's all, all legal. Yes, it's, okay. it's, um, it's all legal because the, the lions um, in South Africa belong to the individual, individual breeder and they can be traded to another breeder, they can be traded to another owner, etc. But they're all privately owned. So these guys in South Africa have absolutely no compunction whatsoever to sell their lions to various places in, in, in Asia to be used for uh, traditional medicines as, as live lions that they can, you know, send over there. So they sell all the bones there. Hmm. It's also, it's also um, beginning to happen now that um, while lions are being poached because a wild lion bone is deemed to have a greater view and a greater potency for the, the um, traditional medicine market and so they will be taken and in terms of the legal paperwork they will be down as a as a, a captive bred lion but in actual fact it will be a wild lion because they can command a much higher figure. There is a uh a very well established um, enterprise that um, smuggles not only lions but also cheetahs from Botswana to South Africa. Um, there are cheetahs being smuggled from Namibia into South Africa and I wouldn't be surprised if there weren't uh, a lot of big cats being smuggled into South Africa from let's say um, Zimbabwe and Zambia. It's a very profitable business. Yikes. <laughs> well, uh, Peter and Chris, this is super informative and illuminate, illuminating as always. So please tell us what people can do to help support the fantastic work that you guys are doing to bring attention to, to these very disturbing scenarios. Well, we need, we need um, as many people to get behind the effort that we're making as, as is possible. Um, uh, we are an organization that is entirely dependent on donations to exist. Uh, um, and up till this point, the, the vast majority of the funds that we have um, used have come from our own private bank accounts. And in order to continue with it and to really see a result from this work and to bring these practices that Peter's been talking about to an end, we are going to need much greater support from the public and we would be very grateful that support comes if people could think about fundraising for us, corporations would consider us in their sponsorship um, if they believe the work that we're doing is valuable. Um, Risha, we're, um, you know, we're, we're a small organization but I think we're we're quite an effective organization in terms of um, the mandates that has been given to us by the various African lion range states in terms of lion conservation. I think um, we um, have been exposing a lot of this illegal wildlife trade in lions, etc., etc. Um, and we're also working at, um, at various political levels and um, it is only with the um, will of the 
African lion range states, that we will improve lion conservation. And I think um, what we need now is um, a real involvement of the, the various um, politicians with the people of those African countries to, in or, you know, to, to enable us to conserve lions. What we are also trying to do is um, we are attempting um, to establish lion, which is now a UK um, organization. We're attempting to establish lion aid within the USA, and um, we hope to um, be able to broaden our impact and our efforts by um, being registered in the USA as a 501c3 organization. Excellent. That is all fantastic news. And as I said before, um, you guys are doing some great work in bringing attention to very, very disturbing practices, but also um, issues that people absolutely need to know about. So thanks so much for speaking with me again. Thank you, Risha. You've been listening to Dead Lions Walking with Dr. Peter Catt and Chris McSween from Lion Aid. This is Risha Kota Larson with Behind the Schemes.